BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Right Nowish. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. This episode marks the fourth entry in our series on wheels, community, and culture. Today we go into a scene where folks use wheelchairs like skateboards. Go, 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 go! Grinding on the lips of concrete balls at the local skate park, doing grabs as they roll up and down wooden ramps, and even hitting flips with their wheelchairs. Santa Rosa's Randy Harlan and Garnett Silverhall, who comes from Bolinas, are the duo behind the Northern Californian chapter of the wheelchair extreme sport known as WCMX. WCMX stands for wheelchair motocross, much like BMX, even though there's no motors involved for us. You know, it's all just our own power, you know, pushing ourselves. Some people actually like to call it chair skating. Beyond the tricks and challenges of their sport, we discuss the culture and the camaraderie that comes from chair skating and other adaptive sports. All of that when we come back. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Some skate parks these days are being built to be more inclusive, more uh, accessible to all, all kinds of riding, whether it's skateboards or bikes or even wheelchairs. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool. But 
we tend to like judge a park on how good it is for us, you know, what kind of obstacles we can ride on and how easily we can get around it. One reason I like my home park here at Santa Rosa is there's certain sections where you can drop into a bowl and just ride right out on your own and, you know, not have to have somebody stand at the top and throw you down a rope or something to climb out, you know. I just like to mostly just carve and kind of just go fast and hang on. That's more my speed. Garnett's the uh, more brave of us two, I think, throwing the bigger tricks like hand plants and stuff like that. You know, fun stuff to watch. After you two met, linking up at a skate park, y'all eventually established a group. Tell me about that. So we formed NorCal WCMX. Basically, what our idea was was to just get more children with disabilities, get them with their chairs at the skate park. We both knew how much fun we were having, so we wanted to spread that to the community, anybody that wanted to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah buddy. We got another kid that rides with us, uh, Phil, is uh, from Vacaville. And uh, we meet up in Napa a lot because it's, you know, kind of in between Santa Rosa and Vacaville. And uh, he's nine, ten years old now. You got it. Yeah, Phil. Good job. He started hanging out with us and meeting up with us a few years ago and just watching him progress and doing things he's never been able to do before is just one of the coolest feelings, coolest things to see. Randy, how'd you get into skating? Take me back to when it all started for you. All my friends were skaters and bike riders growing up. I figured, hey, I got wheels. I figure something out. Just kind of went from there. It was more like the uh, the skate community that kind of brought me into it. You know, the shared love of just skating, punk rock. You know, we're all a, all a bunch of misfits over there. I fit in perfect. Yeah, I'm probably going to date myself here, but back in my day, about 16 years ago when I first started riding, we didn't have uh, actual skate chairs. I just, you know, I was hanging out with my friends at the skate park, like I said, and I was in my everyday chair and uh, decided to just drop in on a bowl, see how it went. And I actually made it. I, you know, I didn't eat it that first time, surprisingly. That's what got me hooked. Just that feeling of just going fast. Garnett, how do you feel at the skate park? Do you feel, you know, that sense of camaraderie? Like Randy, you know, I grew up with the skate park just a couple blocks away from my house. Bolinas, California, it's a small little surf and skate town. You know, I would get like on a skateboard and just sit on it and uh, ride around too um, when I was younger. Sled hockey actually is my first sport. I started in that when I was around 10 years old, 9 or 10 years old, through an organization called BORT, or a Bay Area Outreach and Recreation Program. Then I started getting into basketball through the uh, same program actually the best coaches in the world, and Trooper Johnson uh, is the one who introduced me to wheelchair basketball. My love of sport just kind of, you know, went up and up from there. Here we are, like, eight years later. I just received a scholarship um, and an offer to play basketball at the University of Arizona. That's currently where I am. I'm playing D1, of sport I love, and, you know, getting my education paid for at the same time, so it doesn't get much better than that. Congrats. It's a dream come true. What position do you play? Unlike stand-up ball, we don't have the same uh, positions per se. We have a different system uh, based on your uh, disability. Less severe disabilities will be at the higher end, like a 4-5. More severe disabilities would be at the bottom, like a, a 1. So I am like a 1-5 or a 2, but my role is more a picker, setting up like, ball handlers and shooters for open shots, You know, getting them in a position where they can score. Gotcha, okay. That's a great breakdown. I had never heard that before. Yeah. 
Are there any myths or stereotypes that you constantly have to dispel or bust, uh, Randy? Experiencing life as a person with a disability, some people make assumptions about one thing I can think of is, you know, I'm a younger adult male, and sometimes people assume I was a vet or something, you know, that had served in the military, uh, even though I was born with my disability. Garnett, how about yourself? I think it's getting a lot better as time goes on, but people just assuming that, you know, people with disabilities can't do a lot of stuff in life. Disabilities can range from however severe to, you know, however severe. But I think there's a lot of things people with disabilities can do that they're not credited for. Yeah, on that note, Randy, can you tell me a little bit about your day job? Yeah, yeah, I'm a welder at a, at a furniture shop in Sebastopol. How'd you get into that? I just always liked working with my hands. And actually, I went to a WCMX competition in 2016. And that really kind of inspired me to like, man, I kind of want to make wheelchairs. And so that's really what steered me towards welding in the first place. That's another way to contribute to the community that you're already in. Exactly, yeah. And there's there's not too many people in the industry that are actually, you know, wheelchair users. Are there any particular shared values in the community that you're in? Community has been a huge part of my life in multiple aspects. First of all, you know, growing up in Bolinas, California, it's a, you know, tiny, tiny little town of about 1,500 people. Um, so it's one of those communities where everybody knows everybody. Being a, one of the only people with a disability in the town, I always got a lot of support from everybody um, everywhere I went. Once I found the community of adaptive sports, that was a, just another huge part that I think helped me elevate a lot. There was like one defining moment I remember. My first nationals tournament for wheelchair basketball. Me and my team, we flew out to, it was in Louisville, Kentucky, and we just got in the building and see like hundreds and hundreds of people in wheelchairs playing basketball. That gave me another just sense of, you know, how important the community, like the new community I was a part of was. It's funny because when I started doing this, uh, I didn't realize that there were other people around, you know, around the country, around the world or wherever, like Aaron Wheels, Fotheringham, he's, you know, the biggest name in the, in the game. Uh, he's the guy that does all the backflips off the mega ramp and all that, and he's a super great guy. I didn't realize he'd been doing that, you know, on his own in, in Las Vegas, I guess, is where he grew up. And so we all kind of independently created this without really knowing about each other at the time. We all just had the same shared love of just skating. It's, it's really cool to see now, actually, how big it's grown and how many people, especially kids, are getting into it. And the fact that there's companies coming out with chairs that are specifically designed to ride in skate parks is awesome too. It's, it's really cool to see. Gotta give lots of gratitude to Randy and Garnett for sharing your stories with us and your time. Randy is, as he said, a welder. And when he's not working, he's spending time at the skate park. You can find him on Instagram at Rizdo Jones. That's R-I-Z, D-E-A-U-X, Jones. Garnett is, as he said, currently in college in Arizona, where he's playing hoops and using his spare time to make beats. That's on top of the ice hockey, the archery, and other things he has going on. You can keep up with all of his work on Instagram at Garnett underscore Silverhall. That's Garnett spelled G-A-R-N-E-T-T. And to learn about the next chair skating session, follow NorCalWCMX on Instagram. Right now, it's just producer is Marisol Medina Cadena. Jessica Plachik is the editor. Our engineer is Sil Muller. Sarah Pineda and Kiana Mogadam are the engagement team. KQED execs are Erica Aguilar, David Marcus, and Holly Kernan. 
Next week, we're taking a slight break. But after that, we're right back at it with our final episode in our Roll With Us summer series on community, culture, and wheels. This is the last chance you have to share your wheels with us. Take a photo, a video, or just share some words about how you love wheels, community, and culture. Make sure to tag it right now it's when you put it on social media. I'm Pendarvis Harshaw. Until next time, y'all take care. Peace. Right Now-ish is a KQED production. Man, I've always been too scared to even try a backflip. I'm way too old for that right now, man. Yeah, they're kind of brutal. I, I attempted one on solid ground ever, and I got a concussion, and I haven't tried since, but I, I definitely plan to. Side note, that's why we wear helmets. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.